0: The following message is brought to you by the teaching and preaching ministry of the Ambassador Baptist Church and Pastor Joshua Ermler.
1: Well, we're in the middle of our sermon series entitled "God with Us," and we've been looking at the different characters of the Christmas story, seeing how God was with them uh, during their unique situations, and how God is with us when we find ourselves in similar circumstances. And today, we are going to be in Luke chapter 2. We're going to start in verse number 7. Stand with me, if you would. Last week, we saw how God is with us uh, during our broken dreams. And we saw how everything didn't exactly go according to plan for Mary and Joseph, uh, but how God was with them through that. And ultimately, how God's plan was better, and how we can trust that God's plan is always what's best for us. And today, we're going to see how God is with us through the dark. And lonely times. Luke chapter number two, we're going to pick it up in verse number seven. The Bible says, And she brought forth her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the end. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not!
0: Well, as was mentioned a moment ago, we are currently in the middle of our series entitled God With Us. Uh, This comes from Matthew chapter number 1, where the angel declares, you shall call his name Emmanuel. And Emmanuel literally means God with us. And that's who Jesus was. He was God with us. ...wrapped in human flesh with us. He, he walked among this earth. He was literally God with us. And we're looking at how God met with many of the characters found in the Christmas narrative... ...how God met with them... ...and how God also meets with us when we find ourselves in those same type situations. Uh, this week, my brother and sister-in-law decided to take a quick trip, and so they jumped on a train and, and spent, uh, tr- a plane, and spent some tri- time together, and so uh, my wife and I, uh, we had the privilege of being able to watch their three kids, and so that was always fun. We have three kids of our own, so we added three kids to the mix, and uh, we officially decided we don't want six kids. And no, I'm just teasing, that's not, that's not, what, the, that's not what we decided, but it was, man, I, it was, it was uh, especially for my wife, it was, it, was a lot of, it was a lot of work, and their, uh, their kids. I think are like seven years old, and then like three years old, and, and one year old, and so it was a house full. We had a, we had a great time this week, and on one occasion, my niece, Olivia, she is a three- uh, they were playing with the kids, and all of a sudden something happened, and the kids didn't want to play with Olivia or something like that. And so Olivia runs over to the corner. She's three years old, and she sits in the corner. She just starts crying. She's just crying, and uh, so I, I run over there. I'm like, "Hey, sweetie, what's going on?" She said, "The kids don't want to play with me. They don't want to be my friend." You know? And uh, how many of you uh, remember those days? You know, when nobody wanted to be your friend? And she's she, she's crying in the corner there, and I'm I'm just I'm just the crazy uncle, right? So I don't I don't know what to do. I'm like, uh, here, have a toy. So I'm like trying to find toys and she'd take the toy and throw it down. She didn't She didn't want anything to do with the toy and, and then I thought, well, all kids like good food or candy, so I ran over and I, I grabbed some food and I tried to appease her with some food and Olivia was having nothing of it. She didn't want toys. She didn't want food and she just kept looking And was, Tears coming down her face. All she would say is, I want my daddy. I want my daddy. I want my daddy. And she was just crying for Daniel. She wanted Daniel to be There, in that moment, when she was feeling rejected, when she was feeling a little bit lonely, what she wanted most in that moment was not a toy. What she wanted most in that moment was not food. What she wanted most in that moment of disappointment, in that moment of rejection, in that moment of loneliness, what she wanted the most was her father. And I'm often reminded that in our lives we're going to go through seasons of disappointment, we're going to go through seasons of discouragement, We go through what sometimes we'll refer to as some dark times, some lonely times. And the question I have for you today is this. What do you run to in those seasons of your life? Who do you run to in those seasons of disappointment, discouragement, and loneliness? The theme for our message this morning is simply this. The greatest present from God, or we could say the greatest gift from God is the presence of God. The greatest present from God is the presence of God. It's easy for you and I to start thinking, no, the best thing I could get from God is a lot of money. Or maybe if God would just get me a cool house or if God would make me uh, able to have a, a better clothes or, or more money. That That's what I want from God and, and I'm here to tell you that may be what you think you want but what you really want more than anything else is the very real near presence of God because in the presence of God there is peace and in the presence of God there is joy and in the presence of God you get to experience love. What your heart and soul longs for more than anything else can be found in the very real real, near presence of God. And that's why we're saying today that the greatest present from God is the presence of God. We're just going to do a Bible study here this morning, so we're going to dive back into our text and start working through it a little bit. I hope it'll be a help to you as we study God's Word today. Notice what the Bible says in Luke 2, verse number 8. The Bible says, and there were in that same country. Okay, what what country are we talking about? The country in which uh, Jesus was born. He was born in Bethlehem and uh, Mary and Joseph had traveled to go pay their taxes, and while they were there, the Messiah was born. Jesus was born of a virgin, and the Holy Spirit had conceived, and now Jesus, the Messiah, the promised one, had come. In that country, the Bible says there were shepherds abiding in the field. Now, to give you some historical context In this day and age, shepherds were not the most esteemed people in their society. I mean, if you went to a group of shepherds, you wouldn't find any, you know, a future king. You wouldn't find a a ruler. They, They weren't giving away plaques and awards to these shepherds. I mean, shepherds were like the lowliest of the low. In this day and age, honestly, probably the only thing you could be that was worse than a shepherd as far as society and status symbols and things, maybe would have been a tax collector. Like, if you were a tax collector, maybe you were a little bit lower than a shepherd. But shepherds were just kind of the outsiders, they were kind of the rejects. They, they, didn't, they didn't live with everybody else in the city. They lived up in the hills. And, and, and honestly, if you were to spend any time with them, their clothes would have been dirty from tending these smelly animals. Their bodies would have been all unkept from their time in the wilderness. And, and more than likely, their dreams of something better for the future would have been suffocated by their monotonous experience. I mean, what, what did they do in life? They just watched over sheep they tried to keep these sheep from killing themselves there was nothing glamorous about being a shepherd there was nothing prestigious about being a shepherd nobody looked at these shepherds and said ooh wow you're a you're a shepherd i mean none of that ever happened it was just it was not the most popular profession to be a part of these were just ordinary everyday shepherds they're just honestly they were just average nobodies in their society I mean, th- their, their work didn't really seem to amount to a whole lot. They're just, they're just taking care of animals. H- have you ever found yourself in a, in a situation like this where you felt like what you were doing in your life just lacked purpose? Have you, you ever found just yourself there? Maybe you found yourself in just a dead-end job and you're thinking to yourself, I don't even know why I'm doing what I'm doing. It just feels pointless. It feels purposeless. Maybe you find yourself in a situation and you're just like, I have no direction. What am I supposed to be doing? You're thinking, man, I, 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 man I'm not done with college yet. Or maybe you're a young person and you're like, man, I'm not, even, I'm not married. And like, what's the point of this season in my life? And, and maybe you've been there before. Your life, you just feel like it's turning out ordinary. You feel like it's turning out mundane. And, and maybe for some of you, you're just like, my life's just flat out boring. Like, I thought for sure by the time I got to be 30 or by the time I got to be 40, I, my life would have amounted to something. I, I would have been something more important. I would have had a little bit more money. I would have had a little bit more purpose. Life was supposed to be something big and, and something awesome. And, and, and you kind of have come to a place and you're like, man, is this, is this what my life is going to be? And, and that's kind of how these shepherds felt. They were just nobodies. They were the outcasts of their society. They felt like the rejects. they had to hang out with animals, all the, these were just nobodies. And, and here's what's interesting. Let's keep reading. Notice uh, what the Bible says in First Peter chapter five. The Bible, the Bible says, "But there's a God of all grace who has called us into his eternal glory." Uh, get this. There's a God of all grace. When we go through difficult times and we're going through difficult seasons, there's a God of grace who gives us the grace of strength and the grace of comfort. Notice this, that after ye have suffered a while. Let that sink in for a moment. After ye have suffered a while. How many of you enjoy suffering? (laughs) How many of you enjoy hard times? Here's what the Bible says, that after you have suffered a while, He'll make you perfect, establish, strengthen and settle you you know what god often does some great work in our lives in those dark times in times where we feel disappointment and discouraged where we feel like we're the reject the outcast god uses these moments to perfect us to establish us to strengthen us these shepherds had some they had a rough job they had pretty rough jobs and maybe you feel like that too like, I don't, I, don't know what, what, I don't know what my job's all about. I don't even know why I do what I do. I, I asked the staff this week. I said, hey, I want you to jump online. I want you guys to go try to find a picture that represents the worst job you could possibly think of having. And so I got these pictures sent back to my email box. And one of the guys sent me this one. I thought, man, that'd be pretty rough to have that guy's job, you know. You, you just hope in that moment, you know, that uh, whoever's shooting is your friend, number one. And number two, that your friend has very good aim, all right. That'd be, that'd be a pretty rough job. How many of you are afraid of heights? Anybody here afraid of heights? You're like... This is probably not the job for you, all right? If, if, if heights, is, heights is your thing. Uh, maybe this next one, actually, this could actually be a pretty cool job. How many of you guys would be like, yeah, that's my job. That's what I... When I was in kindergarten and my teacher asked me what I wanted to be when I grew up, a mascot was the first thing that came to my mind. You know, here's another one. You have to read this. Uh, it wanted. Someone to grind or chew hay for a horse with bad teeth. Contact Bud. You know, how many of you like that job, all right? You feel like, man... And we all have seasons in our lives where we feel like, what am I doing with my life? Like, what is my existence all about? And yet, in these moments where life feels like it's rejected us, when when we feel like, we're like, what's the point? What is the purpose of it? We have to trust the sovereignty of God. I wrote this down this week, that our heart is at ease. How can our heart be at ease? Our heart is at ease knowing That what was meant for us will never miss us. And what misses me was never meant for me. There is a lot of comfort in that reality. You can trust the sovereignty of God in your life. So notice this. Here are these shepherds. They're outsiders. They're feeling a little bit like, you know, their their existence feels pointless and purposeless. But let's keep reading. Notice the end of verse number 8. The Bible says, and they were in the same country, shepherds abiding in the field, notice this, keeping watch over their flock, here's what the Bible says, by night. They were keeping watch over their flock by night. So just imagine it for a moment, here are these shepherds, it's the middle of the night. There's not street lights, I mean it's dark in the wilderness, alright? Maybe in the distance they hear, hear a, a, a coyote or a wolf begin to howl, it's dark, it's cold, Maybe because of where they are, they start to feel a little bit lonely. And, and you know what? To be honest, when you are an outsider and you feel like you don't quite fit in with everybody else, it's easy to start feeling a little bit lonely. Uh, have you ever felt like that before? Like you're just an outsider? And, and this can happen for a lot of different reasons. You, you feel like, man, I just don't fit in with the people around me. You ever felt like this? Maybe at work, you go to work and you're like, I don't even really have a friend at work. Like, I just don't feel like I fit in with anybody. Maybe it's because of your socioeconomic status. You feel like you don't have enough money to fit in. Uh, Maybe for others of you, you don't feel like you wear the right clothes or, you know, it's like you you don't know what to say. You feel maybe a little socially awkward. You just feel like you never quite fit in. Uh, Maybe because it's where you were born. Uh, Maybe it's your ethnic background, you feel like, man, I just feel like everywhere I go, I just feel like I I have to try so hard just to fit in. Maybe you're like, man, all my friends are married and I'm not married, or vice versa. You just feel like, man, I try so hard, but I just, I feel like an outsider. That's that's kind of how these guys would have felt. The Bible says this was at night, it was a dark time in their lives. It's lonely, there's oftentimes during the dark seasons of our life, there's disappointments. You know, and these things can happen. Now, I'll say this. I actually, for me personally, I, I actually like being alone. How many of you are kind of like me? Like, you actually enjoy some alone time, alright? Anybody like that? You just enjoy being by yourself? I, I love just spending some time with the Lord, with my Bible and prayer. Some of the most refreshing times of my life are just being alone. I, I actually thoroughly, thoroughly enjoy being alone. I like it. But I will say this. As much as I like being alone alone, I hate feeling lonely. And can I say this? There's a big difference between being alone and feeling lonely. So um, I I find that the older I get, I feel can tend to get more and more lonely. Specifically, I, I travel a little bit, and when I'm traveling at airports, I, I'm finding that I get more and more homesick the older I get. I didn't used to get homesick when I was younger. Uh, but man, I got in my 30s, and all of a sudden I find when I travel uh, without my wife, for my family, I just found, I started getting homesick. I start feeling a little lonely. What's so funny about that is I'll be in some airport and there'll be 10,000 people around me and in that moment, I'll just get this, just this deep sense of just feeling utterly lonely. And I'm like, there's so many people around. How can I feel lonely in a crowded place? And, and the reason for that is, you know, honestly, uh, loneliness, I'll put this on the screens because I want you to see this. Loneliness is not the feeling you get when you're all alone. It's the feeling you get when you convince yourself that no one around you really cares. That's where loneliness comes from. You ever felt lonely at work? Like no one around really cares. Maybe you've gone to a family reunion or you're going to spend some time with family at Thanksgiving or at Christmas or at New Year's. And even even with your family around, you feel lonely. Lonely. Maybe you'll go to a Christmas work party and you'll be there, and, and even at a Christmas work party where you know all these people, there'll be lots of people around, you'll feel, you'll feel lonely. How does that happen? Because loneliness is not the feeling you get when you're alone. Loneliness is the feeling when you convince yourself that no one around you really cares. And to be honest, I, I bet in a room this size there are people who often feel lonely. You feel like nobody gets you. You feel like nobody understands you. You feel like people don't know where you're coming from. You feel like the outsider. You feel like the reject. You've gone through dark times with disappointments and discouragement. And that leads you to convince yourself that, you know what, I don't don't think anybody even cares. What's sad is this can happen in churches. People can come to church and feel lonely in a room like this. I bet you there's people in this room right now. And even in this crowded space, you feel lonely. Because loneliness is not the product of being alone Loneliness is the product of feeling like nobody cares, like your spouse doesn't care, like your family doesn't care, like your coworkers don't care, like your church doesn't care, like your community doesn't care. It makes you feel like a reject, it makes you feel like an outsider, and you start feeling lonely. And, and I'm sure that for some of these shepherds, it wasn't just that they were alone in that dark night, I'm sure for some of them, they just started to absolutely feel lonely, Psalms 25, verse 16, the psalmist David speaks of the loneliness that he would sometimes experience. He says this. He says, turn thee unto me. This is David writing out. He says, have mercy upon me, speaking to God. He says, for I am desolate. The word means lonely. I'm lonely and I'm afflicted. Here's David, a character that many people know from the Bible. David and Goliath, maybe some of you are familiar with the story. These are, this is David crying out, saying, God, I'm lonely, and I don't even feel like you're around. Have you ever had a moment where you didn't even feel like God cared? I mean, it's one thing when it's like, oh, your family doesn't care. It's another thing when you feel like your community doesn't care about you. When your kids or your parents don't care about you. Yeah, it's bad when you go to church and you feel like nobody at church cares about you. Or your, your pastors don't care about you. That's, that's a tough thing. But David's crying out and he's saying, I don't even feel like God, you care. That's some strong language. And I think the reason we, we share this is because loneliness is something that happens to all of us. Have you ever felt Lonely. As we're going to see here as we go through this passage, sometimes loneliness, the feeling like nobody cares, is actually God's cry for a deeper relationship with you. Sometimes when you're experiencing loneliness in your life and you're feeling like nobody cares about you, oftentimes what that is is God crying out for a deeper relationship with you to experience your presence and for you to experience His presence in a deeper way. So here are these shepherds. I want you to picture it. They're the outsiders. They're the outcasts. They're the they're the ones that feel like the minority. They feel like they don't quite fit in in their community. They take a job up in the hills, and basically their companionship is a bunch of sheep. You know, they're they're not well esteemed in their society. This is just this is these shepherds, and in this place they find themselves. Now it's the middle of the night. It's dark. They're going through a dark season here, and oftentimes we can go through dark seasons that are disappointing and discouraging. And, and this is this is where the shepherds find themselves i mean nothing awesome ever happens to shepherds they're nobodies They're rejects and yet in this moment they're going to experience god in the moment where they feel like the outsider in the moment where they feel like the reject guess who god comes to first with this great news that the messiah has come you know who he goes to first he doesn't he doesn't go to the politicians of Jerusalem he doesn't go to the well dressed religious people at the temple He doesn't even go to the wise men first. It's going to be a couple years before we see the wise men come on the scene. This is not who he goes to first. He doesn't go to the well-dressed. He doesn't go to the well-esteemed. You say, who does God come to first? God goes to the outcast. He goes to the reject. He goes to the one who feels like they're going through disappointment and discouragement. Like their life is pointless and purposeless and has no meaning. And that is who God goes to first and manifests his presence to. That's who he reveals himself to. So I've got some good news, if you've ever felt lonely, if you've ever felt like an outsider, if you've ever felt like an outcast, if you've ever had a moment where you thought nobody cares, my family doesn't care, my community doesn't care, sometimes I feel like my church doesn't care, I have good news for you, because this is exactly, this is exactly the type of individual that God comes to first. Let's read this it was at this moment in verse number 9 lo, the Bible says the angel of the Lord came upon the shepherds and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and the Bible says these shepherds were sore afraid you say why would the shepherds be afraid, like we sing these Christmas songs and it sounds so romantic and awesome and nostalgic and everything but can you imagine being outside on the dark night here in Jerusalem, you hear these wolves howling in the distance, all of a sudden there's this bright light from the sky, you're thinking man we are being invaded by aliens, what is going on here you could imagine the fear that could start kind of welling up in the hearts of these shepherds and the bible says they were just scared notice what it keeps saying and the bible says the angel of the lord said unto him notice this fear not for behold we bring you good tidings of great joy which shall be to all people so the angel of the lord says hey eventually everybody's going to know about this but i'm coming to you first Eventually, the politicians and the religious people of the day and age, they're going to know about this eventually. But we're coming to the outsider first. We're coming to the minority first. We're coming to those who feel rejected and lonely. We're coming to you with this news first. And if that's where you find yourself, God desires to meet you. He says, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. This shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. Suddenly, there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts. They're praising God, saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Oh, I love it. Here are these shepherds. They literally, they come, they, they come here to these shepherds. It was these outcasts, these outsiders, the marginalized and lonely. These were the ones that God showed up to first. If you've ever had a moment where you felt like nobody cared... Like you, you've been forgotten by your family, some of you feel like you've been forgotten by your parents. Your, some of you maybe you feel like you've been forgotten by your kids. You've been rejected by this group in society. You've been rejected by that church, by those pastors. I want you to. I want to remind you of this: that the presence of God is available to you. That you can experience all the peace all the joy, and all of the love of God, He makes it available to you. I mean, even before, even before the wise men get to experience the Messiah, these lowly shepherds got to experience Him first. Psalms 34 says this, The Lord is near unto them that are of a broken heart. Ah, the Lord is nigh, the Lord is near unto them that are of a broken heart. Do you have a broken heart today? you experienced disappointment discouragement i want to remind you today that the lord's near his presence is available to you even at this moment so let me give you a couple of thoughts just to take away with here today some four practical thoughts from the text we just read number one recognize that seasons of loneliness are normal recognize that seasons of loneliness are normal See, the enemy is going to try to get on your shoulder and tell you... ...you're the only one who feels lonely. You're the only one that's been rejected. You're the only one that feels like an outcast, like an outsider. You're it. But I want to remind you, as you read the pages of Scripture... ...you will find so many characters all throughout the Bible that felt rejected. That felt lonely. We read from David. He became a king. And yet he felt like he was like, rejected even by God. We could go to the story of Elijah... And there was a season, Elijah, God used Elijah to do these incredible miracles. At one point, literally, he prayed and God sent fire from heaven onto a sacrifice just because Elijah asked him to. I mean, this guy did some crazy, awesome miracles through God's strength. And yet we find him a few chapters later and he's so depressed and he's so discouraged. Like he literally is like, nobody cares. He's like, I'm the only person who loves God left on the planet. And he's feeling like like so lonely. We could go to people like Joseph. Joseph in the in the book of Genesis, he got betrayed by his fr- by his family, he rejected by his brothers. They end up selling him into slavery. He gets betrayed by his boss. I mean, it just goes from bad to worse. I could imagine there were times where Joseph was tempted to feel totally lonely. All throughout Scripture, you'll find story after story of individual who felt rejected and lonely. And I want to say this, as I look out across this room, I know some of your stories from the year 2017. And and some of you in here have gone through some incredibly difficult trials in your life this year. I mean, awful. And, and, And just for the sake of discernment, I won't go around and name names and tell all the stories. But there are some of you who have been hurt extremely badly this year. You've gone through things that have have caused you to feel utter rejection toward those people who you thought loved you the most. And the reason I share that is to simply say that suffering is part of the human condition. That feeling lonely, like an outcast, like an outsider, is something that just, it's a part of life. Don't let the enemy convince you you're the only one. There's others who have experienced what you're experiencing, and guess what? They want to be there for you, if you'll let them in. There's others who can share in that experience, who can help you through that experience. Recognize that seasons of loneliness, they're they're normal. Number two, notice verse eight here. The Bible says, they were in the same country, shepherds abiding in the field. Notice this, keeping watch, They they were taking care of their sheep, over the flock by night. Second thought this morning. Keep busy during the dark times. These shepherds, they were watching their flocks at night. And I want to encourage you, when times get dark and disappointing and discouraging and frustrating, I want to encourage you with this thought. Keep doing what you know you need to be doing. For these shepherds, it's the middle of the night. I'm sure they'd much rather have been asleep. But they just did what shepherds did at night. See the temptation when we go through dark, disappointing, discouraging times in our lives, you know what we want to do? We want to throw in the towel. Have any of you ever had seasons where you just felt like quitting anybody? (laughs) Felt like just just like felt like quitting your job. (laughs) You just felt like quitting on your marriage. Quitting on your family. It was too overwhelming. Any of you ever thought about quitting on your life? You're just like, what's the point? See, the temptation when we go through these dark, discouraging, disappointing times is just to stop doing what we know we need to do. We just, we just want to quit. We want to throw in the towel. and be? It's too hard. Life is too difficult. There's no point to it. And we're just, we just want to be done. And I want to say by God's grace and God's strength, as we're going to see in a moment, we can continue even during those dark times. Notice verse 9. What's it? Number one, recognize that seasons of loneliness are normal. Number two, it's good to keep busy during these dark times. Notice 9. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not. Oftentimes, the reason God allows us in the situations where we feel lonely, where we feel like the outcast, the outsider, and the reject. Oftentimes, God in His sovereignty allows this into our lives. Not because He hates us, not because He's against us, but because He needs to get us into a position to take us someplace new and sometimes we get so comfortable with where we are that we won't step into something new so he has to make where we are so uncomfortable that we're willing to follow him into something different into something new and that's what's going on here all of a sudden they're just afraid god is doing something new there's no stories about how god appeared to shepherds before this was an entirely new thing god was getting them out of their comfort zone he wanted them to go to the messiah to run to christ he was telling them about this doing something new the first thing they experience is fear. And I'll say this, whenever God is doing something new in your life, the first impulse that we often have is fear. When God's trying to get us out of our comfort zone, when He's trying to get us to do something maybe that we've never done before, oftentimes our first response is fear. Because we would rather, we would rather stick with what's comfortable, even if it's hurting and it's painful and it's hard, because at least we know what it is. It feels normal but there are times when god and his spirit starts drawing us into something new and i want to say this in those moments don't be afraid let god do his work in your life don't be afraid when god allows you to experience something new, when he's trying to get you out of your comfort zone yeah i know it feels normal i know it feels comfortable but oftentimes in dark and lonely times and seasons god's going to do something new to try to grow you to try to develop you, to try to strengthen you. And in those moments, don't be afraid of it. Let God be God. Here's the most important thing as we wrap this up. Number four, notice verse 15. And it came to pass as the angels were gone away from into heaven, the shepherds said one to another. I mean, you can just imagine. They're like, what have we just seen? This is crazy. Verse 15. Verse 15. They say one to another, let us go to Bethlehem and see the thing which came to pass which the Lord had made unknown unto us. Hey, God came to us. We were the outsiders. We were the rejects. We were the ones that nobody in society came to and yet the Lord met with us. We experienced the presence of God. Notice what it says here in verse 16. And they came with haste. All right, that literally just means they ran really fast. Where did they run to? Verse number 16. And found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Here's number four. Or a practical takeaway is simply this. What do we do in dark and lonely times? Move quickly. Run toward the presence of Christ. None of these other things matter if you don't get this one. What do we do when it feels dark and disappointing? When we feel like the outcast, the outsider, the rejects and lonely? Can I say this? Move quickly toward the presence of Christ. In the story I told at the beginning of the service, my Niece. she didn't want more toys she didn't want food she didn't want to be entertained she wanted her father and can I say this when you're going through lonely times and dark times, don't let the world convince you that what you want is to be distracted by entertainment or to have more toys and more stuff or just to eat some more food or do whatever it is that people do when they go through dark and lonely times. Here's what your soul actually craves. It craves the very real, near presence of God. It's the only thing that will satisfy. And people will try to run to alcohol, they'll try to run to drugs, they'll try to run to uh, relationships of codependency and they'll look to this relationship or those people and i'm here to say that a relationship can be good but it can't take the place of god run to god that is what your soul ultimately craves is the very real near presence of god because it is in the presence of god that you can experience a peace that passes all understanding a, a peace that doesn't even make sense it's in the presence of God that you get to experience joy, unspeakable and full of glory. A joy that just radiates. A joy that doesn't even make sense because it, it, it like doesn't correspond with the, experience, the, the circumstances of your life. You can experience love and, and be loved. This is what's available to you in the presence of God. And I'm here to say that's what your soul ultimately wants in seasons of loneliness. In those dark times. What it wants most is the presence of God. David Wetherford wrote this in his journals. He said, when I feel truly alone with a sense of being lost and even empty inside, it is then I realize that I have moved away from experiencing the presence of God. So I move back. God's presence is always available to you. But we're not always experiencing it. We're not always experiencing the love of Christ. We're not always experiencing the peace of Christ. We're not always experiencing the joy of Christ. But it's always available to you at any time. His grace is always available. And all you have to do is just appropriate. By faith, just believe that it's there for you. And His grace will come flooding in. As we said at the beginning of the service, the greatest present from God... Is not the stuff he gives you. It's not the experiences he allows into your life or the situations or circumstances. The greatest present from God, the greatest gift from God, is the presence of God. You ever been scrolling through uh, Facebook or something and you come across one of these YouTube videos where it's like... uh, a kid whose mom or dad is in the military, you know, and they they got this on video because they're going to surprise the kid. They have this big giant box that's wrapped up, or maybe there's a big uh, curtain or something, and they have this gift they're going to surprise the kid with, and the kid has no idea. But their dad, who's been away on active duty for the last 12, 18, 24 months, all of a sudden on camera, this little kid thinks they're going to get, you know, a video game system or, or some bike or something, and out of the present, you know, jumps this dad in, you know, the military uniform, and, and you see the look on that little girl's face, and they just start bawling instantly, like it was so much better than anything they were anticipating. You've you seen these videos. See, in, in that moment, we're reminded that at the end of the day, what, what we desire most is not cooler things or more awesome stuff. It reminds us that it At the very depth of who we are, we long for a relationship. And there's no greater relationship that you and I can enjoy than the relationship of experiencing the presence of God on an ongoing basis. And that's the gift that's available to you. It's the present of His presence. So here's what I'd like to ask you to do as we conclude I want to ask you to unwrap this present just like you would on christmas morning unwrap this present by enjoying his presence by faith believing that his presence of love and peace and joy are available to you you say but i feel like an outcast i feel like an outsider i feel like a reject i'm going through dark disappointing discouraging times here's the point what the story of the shepherds reveal to us is that's who god wants to meet first you say i don't feel worthy That's what makes God so awesome. You don't have to be worthy. So many people will try to convince you, you know, well, you gotta get your life cleaned up before you can go to church and you gotta get this fixed up before God wants, no. The story, the story of Christmas is that the story that God comes to those people first. He comes to the outsider first. He comes to the reject first. He comes to the one who feels like they don't fit in, like they don't belong, and that's who he desires to meet first. He's here for you.